2: Well met, fellow adventurers. So, we got an item last time. Now, if you have a Karnia skill high enough, at 30, you can identify it yourself. But if you don't, you can take it to a Sage. I'm going to take it to a Sage, and you can have it identified for an absolute pittance of 25 gold, which you'll probably collect in about three seconds. The small cluttered stone dwelling near the centre of the village village is home to Ulum, the Sage, a student of all manner of arcane and folklore, who spends her days deep in the study of the obscure and cryptic, she looks up and look at... So here's your enter and scowls. Have you come to waste the light of day? Or is there something I can do for you? She snaps. For 25 gold, tokens uh, you, will identify all, you will identify all unidentified ent- items in your possessions. Pay 25 gold to have your items identified. The unidentified Iron Wing has been identified as Spiked Iron Wing. Emblem's deficient softens somewhat as she looks over your belongings. Belongings paying particular attention to those pieces that warrant her expertise. You thank her for her identification and bid her good day. Now, alright, what we just got a wing, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. Yep, so, plus two melee rating, and this piece of common armor will protect your finger. There we are. Just equip that right now. Oh, now I have 62 MR. Now I'm just going to... Now I've got another adventure I feel like doing. This time... We're going up to sea. Alright, <laughs> we're in go- oh, Pup now. We travel all the way to North Tysa to the bustling city of Port Halleck, which is the kingdom's largest and busiest seaport. Ships one across the realms drop anchor here, while cargoes are unloaded and their stocks replenished. The city's harbour, a wide natural clove, was a relatively safe inlet from the wild waters of the Sundran Sea. Oh, there's a link about the Sundran Sea, and I click that. The Sundren Sea is a vast ocean to the north of northern Swift. It is from over this ocean that Swift's two races of men, the Advari and the Voenthan, first arrived. Ancient legends say the Advari here swear who many believed to be the only true avatar of Swithrak, slew a legendary sea serpent named Voragart while leaving the Adivari to the shores of Swith. Legend also tells that it was the and daughters of the, of the Vol- or, no, Vodrak, who had out the Sundin to this day, seeking out the Swiths. Sw- seeking out the ships of the Adivari. And vowing revenge on the sons of Swear. Oh dear. Behold sea serpents. Now. I'm going to visit the eye. Much of the Tyson Navy is located here. And a large garrison of the kingdom's army is maintained within the ancient walled port. Visiting the eye of the sea. The eye of the sea is a massive ice-shaped rock atop a small mound of earth that overlooks the Port Halleck Cove. It is said that the eye was raised from the depths of the cove by a powerful spellcaster many years ago. Now, now a piece of focal lotion is come to believe that the eye possesses mystical powers and that it watches over the vessels that leave Port Halleck to brave the open waters of the Sundering Sea. As you stand admiring the, north, the usual walk, you notice the man kneeling in prayer, next to the massive piece of stone. Approach the man. The middle-aged man is startled by your sudden approach, but he quickly regains his composure and greets you warmly. He tells you that he is leaving on a sea voyage tomorrow, and he is praying that I would watch over his vessel and his crew during the journey. Some of the younger lads would just as soon not hear mention of the eye these days, it's old hands like me that know the power powers of protection are more than mere myth. The man introduces himself as Captain Tablo Greatham of the Galleon Silver Crown. He tells you that he has been seeking bold, able body talent to swell his wanks. I've been around long enough to know a spot of vigour when I see it, he says, looking over you closely, and pulling a wife of important crotolki. Cargo to Pakru. I'll put fifty gold tokens in your hand, Pay boy, my old, my old gal. Drops anchor at destination. We leave tomorrow if you're interested, and indeed I am. Sea adventure. Here we go. Well, hopefully not too much adventure, cause usually adventure means danger. Ah, <laughs> I was supposed to say I don't want that. I really do, I hope there's pirates, or sea monsters, or something turns up, I don't, as much as I, as much as I, prefer, I'm supposed to say, I do not want people to be put in danger, I, so I can rescue them, I sort of do, it's a weird, it's a strange circumstance, and, but I really, I, I don't really understand the psychology of it, so, anyway, if something happens, I would not be disappointed. Well, no, just 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 say something might happen. And if it does, you'll you'll hear about it. So you see, he says, smiling. The eye of the sea has already sent a big, bit, bit of good fortune my way. It would seem. You follow the captain through the streets of Port Hamlet to the Carper Cove. It is there, at the end of a long wharf, that you first lay your eyes upon the silver crown, a battered old galleon flying the colours of Tysa. She's perhaps not quite as spy as she once was, but she'll add all the old sundew can kick up, let there be no mistake about it. You spend the night above the aboard the silver clown, crown with... ...with the captain and his 35 member crew. This is with great interest as he relate stories of their many different adventures upon the high seas. Most of the men present have been with Captain Greenthorn on more than one voyage... Will the Lutro and you have just recently signed on. The captain tells you the voyage of Pacquiao will take three days... ...and all indications are the world would be fair for this wreck. You go to sleep at night in a room below deck with six other crew members... You before dawn as all hands are called to deck to prepare the vessel for departure. As promised, the Silver Crown launches out of the harbour cove early next morning under clear skies and begins the lengthy trek across the mouth of the sand spit. For nearly two days, the voyage passes without incident. Pick now. On the morning of the third day of the voyage, the weather takes a turn for the worse. A thick cloud cover moves in and out to block the sun, and the chill wind picks up from the northeast, whipping the sea into a violent motion. Captain Free Greenframe gives the deck to his first gives the home to his first mate, moves up and down the deck, his eye casts siren, obviously integrated by the son of A sudden cry from the crow's nest sends the main deck into a Frenzy of action. The lookout has spotted a massive wave speeding towards the ship port side. The crew rushes to grab hold of some picks to the ship and brace for inter- impact. Which is what I have to do too. As the massive wave surges towards the ship, you scramble to grab hold of the nearby wiggings and brace yourself for the intimate impact. Pick a number between 1 and 100. Bonus might plus 18. Why, I got a hundred? The roar of the wave is deafening as it smashes broadside into the ship and surges across the deck. You manage to retain your grip on the ship's rigging and avoid being swept into the waging sea. 32 experience to general. When the wave is passed, you hope to haul several crewmen who are swept overboard onto the main deck. Despite a few minor scrapes and some bruises, no one has been seriously injured. Captain Feegan, orders all hands on deck. And when someone is account- and when everyone is accounted for, he asks for the first mate to sound the scribes. A few minutes later, the first mate returns to the force, to report the ship sustained only minimal damage, and the fall is sound. You see, beams the captain as he slaps you on the shoulder. The eye of the sea watches over us yet. The voyage across now. Now, I know that there's another thing that can happen there. So, I'm going to pause the game right now. And I'll try to, I'll try to get it. So, here, 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 here we are. And okay, now we're, we're back. And we do the check again and roll the 79. On the morning of the third day of the voyage, as you busy yourself with one of your shipboard duties... You are startled by a sudden cry from the crow's nest. Sea Trosk, port. What is a Sea Trosk? Well, there's a link here to click. These powerful aquatic serpents dwell in the depths of the sea and will on occasion surface to attack ships. They're a larger, more powerful relative of the Trosk. There are several varieties of these massive serpents, although the majority of them have brown and grey scales. The heads are adorned with a pair of long, height-like white horns the creatures will use to attack. These massive reptiles may grow to over two hundred feet in length. The sea tracks is perhaps the most dreaded destination of the of the deep for all Swithian mariners. Oh dear! Oh dear! I think I might be in over my head. I I hope this captain is really good too, because then we can ha- then we can handle it. Otherwise, I think we might we might be in a sticky wicket. The blood run cold upon hearing these ominous words, and you turn to witness the fierce and serpent as he rises swiftly out of the dark ocean depths. The sea throw squaws and wears back its head and raises its tail on the starboard side of the ship. With a speed, the hideous creature begins to wrap itself around the silver crown. Repel! Repel! Cut the beast from our boards! Screams Captain Griefen as he draws his blade and charges across the deck with his rest of crew, determined not to let the serpent drag, drag, drag the vessel. And I could hide below deck, but. There's no way I'm going to do that. Join the attack on the fearsome serpent, indeed! You charge to the to we to wail alongside your fellow shipmates as you prepare to engage the Benef- Benimoth sea beast. It's a massive sea serpent. I'm beginning combat. I do 25 damage. I laid a savage blow upon the enemy. The captain issues a wailing cry as his crews desperately attempt to repel the massive sea serpent. I do 11 damage. The captain issues another wailing cry. I do 14 damage. Another wailing cry, 13 damage. Another rallying cry, 18 damage, 14 damage. Oh, it's nearly done, nearly done. The serpent lunges at me and the rest of the crew. Six more damage and it is slain. It is finally, finally slain. 36 experience points. The massive sea serpent dips a painful bellow as his raised torso sways back and forth above the main deck. Then, as a loud gurgling sound issues forth from its gaping jaws, its battered and tar carcass slips silently beneath the waves. A loud cheer erupts as, as the last of the fearsome serpent disappears from view in the dark water below. The captain praises the entire crew for a fine effort, then bows his head in silent prayer. The captain of all all, orders all hands on deck. When everyone is accounted for, he asks the first mate to scout the ship. A few minutes later, the, late, later, the first mate returns to, to, to the force to report the ship has sustained only minimal damage and that the halt is sound. You see? Beams the captain as he slaps you over shoulder The eye of the sea watches over us yet. The voyage across the remainder of the sand split is resumed. Both the captain and the crew seem to be in fine spirits as the weathered galleon begins the last leg of its trek to pack roll. However, as the day wears on, you become aware of something odd. As you tend to your slipboard duties, notice the twelve new members upstairs of the Silver Crown's crew seem to be purposely avoiding working alongside of or interacting with the captain's established corps seamen. When you try to strike up a conversation with one of them, he merely smiles briefly and quickly moves away without speaking a word. As dusk rolls across the Sundown, the ship draws drops anchor just outside the port outside the harbour of Pacqua. Captain announces that the port city does not allow ships into the harbour after sunset. The voice will be completed at dawn's first light. That night, you settle into your bunk below deck in a room you share with, with the twelve new crewmen and drift into an uneasy sleep as, as Captain Grayfin's ship continues to cut a dark course across the open ocean.
0: "'You're
2: awake with a start!' To the unmistakable sound of battle from the deck above. You're about to leap out to your bunk with suddenly a pair of hairy clawed hands clap onto your throat in the darkness. As you desperately try to free yourself from the vice-like grip, choking the life out life just choking your life out, the face of the lar- of a large rat looms over you out of the darkness you instantly recognise the man-sized rat as a Kogari. And Kogari are a semi-mythical race of rat men that have long been thought to dwell in the secret subterranean lair beneath the city of trithic As popular folklore has it, these rat men roam the streets of Trithic and the woodlands that surround it under the cover of the night, plying their stealthy but vicious brand of mevery, which most often includes fevery and murder. Most disturbing of all is the popular belief that Kogari are able to assume human form almost at will, and thus blend in with the world of man to suit their devious ends. it said that Kogari often assume its human guise, but concealing its true nature, even in death. Sightings of Kogari, roaming in large brands after nightfall, have been seen in the wide inn around the city of Pakura, in many sightings, witnesses claim that the Ratman have made no effort to conceal their true form. The vicious Matman grinds its sharp yellow teeth, as it relishes what it believes to be the last few moments of your life. I can break free, but I could use my unarmed combat skill. Utilising a skill of unarmed contact, you attempt to break free from the mat- Ratman's powerful gas. A plus four bonus. Got to get 40 or more. Success! 41. Ooh, that was close. Four XP to unarmed combat. With a swift and unexpected move, you definitely send both of your feet straight sailing into the chest. Sending the matman squalling backwards onto the floor. Before he can retain his footing, you're on top of him, prepared to make certain... That his murderous hands are forever rendered harmless. Fight the Kagari. Your sword hums and cuts through the air. And there you go. And it is, it's dead. Like that turnabout is fair play, is it not? It tried to kill me, so I tried to kill it. It's just I'm better at it. You step over the dead Kagari and quickly, but cautiously, Make your way up to the up to the up the steps to the main deck, when a horrifying sight greets your eyes. Captain Griffin and six of his crew are pitched in a brutal struggle against eleven Kugari. The bloody bones of the first mate and another crew, crew bloody bodies of the first mate and another crew member lie sprawled on the deck. You suddenly realize as a Kugari now attacking the captain and his crew and that tried to murder in his sleep, were the 12 new crew members taken on Port Halleck. Strange behaviour that now 12 men now appears to at least have an explanation. Your eyes are drawn to the captain, who is holding his ground against a particularly large rat man wielding a barbed flail. The captain brandishes his short blade, and his eyes remain focused on the flare-weeding Kigari that stalks towards him across the main deck. Battle wages is aboard the silver crown. If you have the skill of archery and wish to use it Oh I just happened to have learnt that a bit back. So yes I do. In a swift fluid motion you drew your bow and notch now, an taking aim at the advancing Kogari. Oh no bonus maybe I should have levelled up archery. Success anyway, I, I still got lucky. Your arrow, your arrow screams across the main deck and strikes the advancing card in his side, directly beneath his raised right arm. The missile has punched at the rat man's lungs, and almost at once he drops to his knees as he fights for air. His fight is shortly forever as Captain Greyflown slides forward and mirthlessly removes his head with a swift, clean stroke. You are indeed a blessing, Zoop, he shouts, as he races to the other side of the deck to aid his embattered crew. Stealing, stealing yourself for combat, you follow swiftly behind him. Thirty-two XP to general. Near the door to the captain's cabin, you come across an axe-wielding Kogari who has just slain a crewman. The, the whap man looks up from the vicious, from the mutilated body of the slain human and launches himself at you in a vicious attack. I fight an axe-wielding Kogari, slashy slash. Six XP. The kagari drops to the deck and you spin on your heel and are confronted by a rat man who stands directly behind you. His long blade poised to cleave your skull in two before you can react. Your would-be assailant topples over dead with the hilt of a bone-handled knife protruding from his back. A spying crewman quickly removes the knife and you both watch with grim satisfaction. As a captain and two and two crewmen finish off the last of the Kugari. oh, already, these are these are good sailors. The bodies of the Kugari are all pitched overboard, and the captain orders that that the bodies of the first mate and five other dead crewmen be gathered together so prayers may be offered for them. Captain Greenthorpe, with teary eyes and heavy voice, bids a solemn. And dignified farewell to the five brave men, men who perished at the hands of the attackers. With the short, se- the, while, when the short ceremony is concluded, adores them lowered to the, into the sea, starboard side, their eyes facing Starward. as is the custom with foreign weeders. Whether they wanted ship, or cargo, or both, they received that which they found. We deserves, grumbles the captain. He orders that the watch be doubled for the rest of the night before retreating to his cabin. At first light, the Silver Crown raises his anchor and enters the Pack raw harbour, at last completing its voyage. You soon learn that while there is cargo stored in the ship hold, In dark and perhaps the wheel cargo, was an elderly man, is in a way below deck in a large wooden crate that's been fashioned into a makeshift cabin. The captain escorts this man off the ship where he is met by a two-horse carriage that's arrived on the wharf. The man steps into the carriage and is swiftly borne away. Captain Greeth then, upon returning to the ship, confides in you, the old man you saw departing was the main reason for the voyage." I'd hate to think those go are after him, and that his enemies ended the life of my friend and first mate, he says, his voice seems to be Well, you did all right for certain, Zoop. It was an honour to have cut the ways with you. May our return journey prove less arduous. Later in the morning, Captain Greenman settles with the crew. And when he summons you his cabin, he hands you a pouch of gold that contains three times the amount of gold you signed on for. You've earned every coin, friend, he smiles. Got 150 gold? The captain spends the remainder of the day hiring new crewmen to replace those lost at sea. When he has a full complement, he announces at dawn the next day the Silver Crown will begin its return voyage. The trek home proves to be ultimately uneventful, and you will leave when the ship draws into Port Hallock Cove, three days after having sailed out from pac Before you depart, Captain Greenland tells you that he conducts his business above a tavern on Gall Street known as the Beggar's Arms. He invites you to stop by from time to time. You've always needed a capable set of hands, he says, sucking back as he disembarks. With the final wave from the Quayside, you set off on your way through the city streets, quite happy to once again have your feet on solid ground. And that's that adventure.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems, it's totally online and built around your schedule.